Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, July 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Amazon misses Wall Street's revenue targets in the latest quarter. Robinhood had a rough first day on the public market. And China wants to ease investors' fears after Beijing's regulatory crackdown. Plus, some young workers have been able to take advantage of a tight job market this summer. Teenagers have been able to drive a really hard bargain, and employers are taking them up on it because they don't have another choice. We'll take a look at how they got the upper hand. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Amazon reported its quarterly earnings yesterday, and revenue was 27% higher than the same time last year. But it wasn't high enough to match analysts' expectations. It was a matter of $2 billion. Amazon finished the latest quarter at $113 billion, and analysts had the e-commerce giant coming in at $115 billion. And investors weren't thrilled with the news. Amazon shares were down 7% in after-hours trading. The FT's Dave Lee has more. Seems crazy, doesn't it? I mean, here's a company that has <laughs> grown its business massively over the pandemic, continuing to grow its business massively. But, you know, Wall Street's had a, a long period now, particularly during the pandemic, of Amazon exceeding their wildest dreams, frankly. And so what we've seen here is that the first time Wall Street's expectations for just how high the revenue could climb in this quarter wasn't quite met. Their profits actually were more than what Wall Street had expected. But I think one of the things that dragged down the share price for further yesterday was the fact that Amazon said, you know what, we're going to continue to see these difficult comparisons with last year. And so, you know, this period of incredible results that Amazon has been putting out there during the pandemic when it's been you know, in so much demand, they're basically just saying, you know what, we need to be calm now because the comparisons with last year are going to get more difficult. Their business is still doing very well, they say, but last year was an, an exception um, that won't be matched this year. Dave Lee is the FT's San Francisco correspondent. He covers Amazon. The retail trading app Robinhood became a publicly traded company yesterday, which meant for the first time ever, you could buy Robinhood stock on Robinhood. But investor appetite wasn't quite there. Robinhood opened at $38 per share, which was at the low end of the range it set, giving it a valuation of $32 billion. And after a lot of up and down yesterday, Robinhood's share price ended the trading day even lower, at nearly $35 per share. Robinhood has had explosive growth of its business, but the app has come under fire from regulators, which has made investors nervous. Chinese education and tech stocks have taken a real beating over the past two weeks. It comes after the government effectively decided that education companies shouldn't be making such a profit and that tech companies needed to be reined in. That regulatory crackdown wiped $16 billion in valuation off U.S.-listed education groups, while tech stocks also lost 5 to 10% of their value. The FT's markets editor, Katie Martin, says there's a lot of confusion on whether to put money in Chinese companies right now. There's $2 trillion worth of Chinese shares listed in New York. Going through New York and through other big financial centers is a 
big way that institutional investors gain exposure to China. Regulators are trying to build some bridges with Western investors. So they've they held a call with the likes of BlackRock and Fidelity and Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan, trying to kind of soothe some of the nerves around these quite poorly anticipated shocks to Chinese stocks. But regulators are not really succeeding right now. There is a big rethink on China risk. One investor was putting it to me, there's still great reasons to invest in China as long as those investments are aligned with national objectives. And that in turn is fine, as long as you really think you know what those national objectives are. These kind of curveballs that come on the kind of the education system or, or whatever it is, really force investors to rethink how well do we actually understand what Beijing is trying to do here and what its approach to capital markets really is. It's it's really a very delicate time. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. The reopening in the U.S. caused a rising demand for workers, but not a lot of people showed up to fill the gap mainly due to the continuing fear about the pandemic, a lack of childcare, and ongoing unemployment benefits. Now, while employers scrambled to find workers, another group showed up and became heroes. Teenagers. Take, for example, 19-year-old Jason Cabrera. I I remember the day like if it was yesterday. It's something that's going to stick with me for a while, so. The day that he's referring to here is the day that he was promoted to the GM of the Lane's Chicken Fingers in Allen, Texas, a position that usually requires at least seven years of experience and earns roughly $50,000 a year. Uh, My friends were shocked. You know, I don't think my friends ever thought I'd end up uh, in this position, especially my parents. I showed them up and uh, they're proud of me now. So are my friends. So it's been pretty cool. Taylor Nicole Rogers has been reporting on the story of teen workers in America. She joins me now. Taylor, is Jason part of our new normal here? Well, I don't know that teenagers making $50,000 a year is quite normal, but it is certainly becoming more common. In summers past, teens usually account for about 10% of the people hired, and this summer, they're looking at more than a third. So a lot of teenagers are finding jobs, and a lot of them are higher-paying jobs like Jason's. So Taylor, it looks like recruiting teenagers is actually really competitive this year. Uh, You spoke with Alonzo Solis, who owns a Tropical Smoothie Cafe franchise in Texas. Let's hear what he has to say about recruiting teenagers. I made her a competitive, for what I thought a competitive offer was, hourly rate plus tips Plus, what I was starting to offer is a week's paid vacation. And I also mentioned, hey, listen, you're going to college. I am doing a tuition reimbursement program. So, you know, everything went well. She seemed really happy, really excited. Contacted her and crickets didn't hear anything. Tried contacting her again and nothing. The only thing that I can think of was she got a lot better offer. And that, I mean, that sounds really frustrating for Alonzo. Um, Taylor, tell us a little bit more about Alonzo and his struggles here. He's actually someone that has been running a business on the backs of teenagers for a long time. And so he knows very well what it typically takes to get one to sign up to work. And I think that shows that teenagers have been able to drive a really hard bargain and employers are taking them up on it because they don't have another choice. I think economists have said that summer employment of teenagers has actually been on the decline for several decades. How come all of a sudden this year they're coming back to the workforce? 
Well, I think there's a lot of reasons why teenagers found the job market really appealing this summer. I think firstly, for teens that were already working, they were probably out of work last summer because a lot of the amusement parks and restaurants that typically employ teenagers were all shut down last summer. So those kids were already looking to work. And then kids that would typically be doing summer enrichment programs like college preparatory programs or internships, those programs haven't quite come back either. So maybe those teens saw kids like Jason making so much money and said, hey, I can do that too. We should point out that these hiring incentives that we're talking about are are not just for teens. Employers are really trying to attract new workers regardless of age and, and level of experience. But when you're younger, these incentives are are especially appealing, right? Will teenagers stay at the jobs that they've picked up? And you know, how do you see the labor market shaking out over the next few months? Well, I think it depends on the gig. I mean, this is a big question in the whole labor market right now. Obviously, business owners want people to go back to work so that they can have the labor they need to take advantage of you know, bumped up consumer spending over the summer. I've actually seen a lot of high school principals and college deans saying, hey, hold on, we need to make sure that the current good job market isn't going to take kids away from the education and training that might lead them to a better job in the long term. But especially as we see more and more concern about the Delta variant and the effect it's been having on public health, we do have to ask ourselves, Are higher wages worth potentially endangering the health of you and your family or changing plans that you had already made? I don't know. I think that's a question that every worker has to answer for themselves. Taylor, is there anything else that you've been following when it comes to this story? Well, just like in the adult job market, the team job market is fundamentally unfair. One thing I did notice when I was looking at the data for this story is that the people who are getting better jobs and higher paying jobs seem to be white teens in largely suburban or mountain or beach town, you know, typical vacation areas where people were out spending money in the past couple of months. For people in urban areas where a lot of teens of color live, the economies haven't fully recovered and they're out of work. Taylor Nicole Rogers is the FT's labor inequalities correspondent. Before we go, a quick correction. Yesterday, I mispronounced a speaker's name. It is Philippe Sands, not Felipe Sands. I apologize for the mistake. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. Our intern is Zoe Hahn. We had help this week from Gavin Kalman, Michael Bruning, Amelia Mahasek, and Persis Love. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.